We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Most Tuesdays are just Tuesdays, except at Buffalo Wild Wings, where Tuesdays are Wing Tuesdays. But now even Wing Tuesdays aren't just Wing Tuesdays, because Wing Tuesdays are half-price Wing Tuesdays, which means your boring Tuesday that became Wing Tuesday now costs you half as much. In case you're confused, we have half-price Wing Tuesdays. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Beer. Sports. Prices and participation vary. See participating locations for details. Void or prohibited. Welcome to the Rotowire Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. You can use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry on DraftKings.com today. All right, it is Tuesday, March 15th, or so the calendar tells us. Nick Whalen joined, as I always am, on Tuesdays by Rotowire's DJ Trainer. A lot to get to today. We're going to kind of go out of our comfort zone a little bit and even talk a little bit of NCAA tournament. I don't know how involved you are. Are you a big? Have you always been a big college basketball guy or a big tournament guy? Well, apparently not. This uh, podcast has ousted me for not knowing my alma maters too well. So I would like to say yes, but considering I am uh, just like this is a new start. In comparison to you, uh, <laughs> in terms of my college basketball knowledge, well, I, more I, than the average person for sure. I will say, or I guess admit is probably the better word <laughs> that I was definitely that 
from about 2003 till about 2008, I was the the NBA doesn't play any defense. I hate the NBA. College basketball so much better. Like I was so set on becoming a college basketball insider. Like that's what I wanted to do. And then I don't know what it was. I think Brandon Jennings going to the Bucks is what flipped the switch <laughs> for me because I loved Brandon Jennings so much uh, as a prospect for whatever reason. And then that that's kind of what got me back into the NBA. Honestly, I mean T Max demise really devastated me for a couple of years there. Uh, but no, I love the NCAA tournament. I think we say every year, and uh, experts say every year, you know, it's unpredictable as ever. We don't know who's going to win. I, I feel like this year that rings true more so than other years. Lots of parity uh, this year. Not a lot of mid-majors, of course. Wichita State seemed like they were the only ones who got in based on their record. Lots of one seeds getting beaten. Uh, it's going to be the same cast of characters that always is in the Final Four. Like We can talk about your George Masons, your... Uh, or lack thereof of Gonzaga every year there's one or two seed but uh, it's gonna be same cast of characters I mean I'm looking at your Michigan State your Dukes Kentucky at that what are they five or four they're a four they're a four this year so I think uh, you got the bracket out and ready to I go do. Huh? I do so been... what's your final four that's a good question. I have I filled out multiple brackets, of course, as you know, hedging my bets a little bit. I'm I'm still waiting for Rotowire's Chris Benzine to send out uh, the invite for the Rotowire bracket challenge, which the games start in about four hours. Don't so hold your breath. You're, yeah, I know. I mean, Zine's on the clock. He was talking so much trash <laughs> in the office yesterday. One one of the interns asked him like, "Oh, so we do we just pay?" you or do we you know send to the roadwire paypal or something and chris is like yeah you can just pay me i'm gonna be getting the money anyway (laughs) (laughs) he did win last year he did uh yeah (laughs) to be fair but he also bet against wisconsin that's how he won so the funny thing is he bet against wisconsin and then he also went the biggest wisconsin homer maybe ever yeah he bet against wisconsin in like a year you can finally legitimately put them in the national championship and winning the funny thing is like coming down to the final four, he went and put a bet on Duke to hedge his own bets. So he was be happy either way. Did you know that? Yeah. And that's fair. I mean, that's a, that's a reasonable strategy, I guess. Uh, you got to so, go I all mean, in he, on the alma mater. You just got to go. I all assume in. like, you know, like myself, he probably cried himself to sleep that night. Um, I guess for me, it was on the drive home to Indianapolis, the saddest, probably eight hour drive. I think it took us of my life. Just, I went to the game with three friends and the whole way there, you know, we're, analyzing every game and you know we're talking we're so hyped up i think we said 10 words the entire ride home just it would there'd be like an hour of silence and somebody would just sigh and be like man that midway through the second half man we had him we had him right there that out of bounds and like everybody would just you know god man we really did have him and then you know another hour of silence somebody would break in with the same thing it was very dejected ride home but i don't think we have that same expectation for wisconsin this year badgers open up with pittsburgh uh, in round one in the East region, they'll play that one in St. Louis. Do you have a, a good read on that game at all? I don't know what to expect from Wisconsin. It looked like they were kind of hitting their stride at the right time. Then all of a sudden they lose to Nebraska in their first game of the Big Ten tournament. So I think it's, I would not be surprised with just about any result in that game. Same here. They could lose by 15 points. Wouldn't be surprised if they go on to beat Pittsburgh and then beat Xavier. Xavier's somebody who you can talk what you want, but that team, Villanova, they just don't really show up in the tournament for me whatsoever. So if they went on to face Notre Dame or West Virginia, who West Virginia does full-court press, um, very stingy team. And they can give some Big Ten teams some trouble. Um, some, you know, They did fairly well in the Big 12 this year. But, again, if they're not rolling and they don't have confidence in that full-court press, it's a team that could lose to Stephen F. Austin that actually does have legitimate tournament experience. Yeah, that Stephen F. Austin team I do like quite a bit. West Virginia is such an interesting matchup. I think that style that they play 
if if it can you know really get after some teams but if you if you get a little over aggressive and you have guards who can handle it it kind of makes you a little more vulnerable too so that's one that I'm looking at um I don't love Virginia for some reason they're just I don't know if it's just a bias tough against t- that style tough tough tournament team I mean and yeah, if you're talking are. about regular season teams where if you want to make a comparison I'll say San Antonio Spurs very reliable right. throughout the season going to get a really good record but when it comes down to true talent and just you know giving it everything you got um it just doesn't bode I would well say in tournament format the one thing that i do like about them this year is that they have a legitimate star you know in the past they did have joe harris a couple of years ago he was a very good player and then they've had you know london prentice has been good obviously but they have maybe the best player in the acc uh which is saying a lot considering the talent level in that conference and then you know malcolm brogdon is i would think a top 10 player uh, overall so that does help and it, it, it's a it's a system like you mentioned the Spurs is a good comparison it's a system that kind of suppresses individual stardom I think but when you have a player with that talent level it, it can kind of go beyond the system a little bit I'm going to disagree with you though Justin Anderson last year for them was incredibly good I mean that's he, true that's he true did I did forget about of, Justin Anderson he did have Brogdon's of, better than him though yeah Brogdon's better um Anderson did have lots of wrist issues but I think he put up like a 20 well yeah he point. broke his wrist midway through the ACC season. I think he returned just in time for mm-hmm. the tournament, so he wasn't maybe quite at full strength. But Justin Anderson, of course, at the end of the Dallas Mavericks bench, yes. so certainly NBA. Hey, he had a nice block talent. last night. A nice block. Yeah. Yeah. He, I don't know if you've seen the highlight. He blocked it with his left hand, and then it went off the backboard, and he kind of scooped it out of midair with with his off, with his offhand. Oh, One of I'm the all top you, five block on the season. You always got to give more points to the blocks where your mm-hmm. team actually recovers the ball. Most definitely. So let's go final four. Final let's four. Let's look at the. Let's go region by region. Let's sure. go top left, the south region. Got your Kansas, your Kansas. Villanovas. You're going Kansas. This is the toughest region. I think Rotowire's Jake Latarski put it perfectly this morning. He said he thinks, um, which was it the Midwest region? Midwest. No, East good. region. He said he thought the East region was toughest one through four, but he thought the South region was toughest one through eight. And I definitely agree with that. I mean, you have five seed Maryland, a team that I think at the beginning of the year wouldn't have surprised you if they ended up as a one. Uh, you have Cal, you know, which probably ends up playing Maryland in round two. If they both advance Miami, a seven loss, three seed. And then Villanova, uh, a team that I don't think many people would argue if they would have snuck in as maybe the last uh, number one seed. So that that's a region to me that Kansas is the favorite, but it's not an easy road by any means. I've said all year long that I've picked Maryland to be my favorite to win the national championship. I'm going to stick with them coming out of the South. Um, I think that they just have too many X-Factor players. I'm looking at Jake Lehman, who's a very, very good player, a good glue guy on that team, and he's not even, what, their third or fourth best player. You've got Diamond Stone, the rookie from Milwaukee, doing big things. Um, And then, of course, Melo Trimble. Not only is he one of the best players in the nation, but he has experience playing in this tournament and playing um, college basketball. So I'm still going to stick that with That is very Maryland. true. He does have experience playing college basketball. Uh, yeah, as me. As do a lot of these as guys. As numerous. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. As being the man on a team. Uh, yeah, I'll forever go to my grave with that statement. But uh, I'm sticking with them. Tournament-style team. We mm, talked about Virginia yes, not necessarily I, being a tournament-style team. Maryland is your prototypical, here's NBA-ready talent. Yes. We can get the job They're done deep. when it really matters and the pressure's on so i'm going maryland and i like them to go all the way to the championship so. i would love 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 to see a maryland kansas uh regional final in in, in louisville in a couple weeks so to um, the west to the west oregon is that team this year i think that one seed that everyone feels you know maybe could have been a two and i, I think there's a, they're going to be a, a popular maybe trendy upset in the sweet 16 you know i think i've heard a lot of baylor baylor over oregon in the sweet 16 maybe duke if they get hot um you know, I don't, I'm not too worried about the winner of that St. Joe's Cincy game in round two, but 
Oregon's just a team a lot of people don't know a ton about, and that's kind of the it's the rhetoric you always hear when you talk Pac-12 is you know they play late. I wouldn't say that they don't get the exposure. They do get the exposure. They're on TV. It's just you know for guys like us, those games are starting at nine forty-five p.m. Yeah, and most definitely, and we're you know I I can't say that I've caught many Oregon games this year for that exact reason. Unless nope. they're playing on a Sunday or Saturday afternoon, you're just not really going to be staying up at eleven p.m. Central Time, and sure as heck won't be staying up midnight tip off. On right. the East Coast. Is uh, is Dylan Brooks already the best athlete ever named Dylan? Mm, the only one that <laughs> pops out to me is Dylan Bundy. Shout out to 918 region of Oklahoma, pitcher in the MLB oh, right now. He's, I mean, he's barely hanging on with Baltimore, isn't he? He's had some injury yes, issues, yeah, control some injury issues. issues. Uh, yeah, Austin Dylan, the, <laughs> the race car driver. Uh, there, are just, there aren't a lot of Dylans. No, he's, uh, he's a Canadian. I, I, I like this Oregon team. I think they're fun to watch. But it is, they're also that team that I think – if you you know if you looked aggregate wise at all the one seeds, I feel like they would probably be the one that would have the fewest percentage of brackets with them in the final four. Uh, Oklahoma, that's I want to see Oklahoma come out of this region. I want to see as much Buddy Heald as possible. Mm-hmm. Thing about them is they rely so heavily on the three, and we saw Buddy Heald get shut down um, really at the end of that that final game for them in the Big Twelve tournament. I don't know if that happens again, but. They're, they kind of live and die by one player in a lot of ways, and there are, there's a lot of talent on that roster. But if Buddy Heald isn't going, they have a very hard time. And perhaps the worst time of the year for Buddy Heald to have arguably his worst game of the year. Almost Six, salvaged it, too. Yeah, almost salvaged Ugh. it, maybe half a second more. Six points on 37 minutes. He averaged 25 over the course of the season going up against that West Virginia team that we talked about. I tell you what, though, Nick, I like them a lot for the same reason that I like Maryland. You look at some of the guys on this roster and you say – any one of them can step up. Your Isaiah Cousins, um, Ryan Spangler, who has um, the worst hair in college basketball. The worst hair in college basketball. Thank you for finishing my sentence. That's exactly where I was going with it, actually. Um, I, I liked him a lot. Jordan Woodward playing point for them. Um, if we're looking at the bracket itself, I'm not too terribly scared um, by your Texas A&M's, your Texas. I, I like A&M, actually. I think, I think if they can get those guys, to, some of their you young guys, your to AC stick Law around. AC connection will never die. Your connection to AC Law. Texas that's true. A&M, former great. Oh no, no, no. That's very true. I'm, I'm just kind of taking a second to remember. Okay. <laughs> AC Law, uh, former lottery pick of the Atlanta Hawks. AC Law, but uh, no, I mean that that's part of it. But I think this team, I mean they they kind of come out of nowhere, really, to be uh, somewhat of a national power, I guess, in the SEC uh, this year, getting to the title game, and they they have a nice mixture of, of veterans, Daniel House and and Caruso, and then. Some of those younger guys, Hogue, and who's the big, the freshman big man? He's got the little mini fro going on. Um, I don't know what his name Sorry, is. Sorry, I off was the top daydreaming about. No, no, that's how do you not just have this up? Well, I'm asking. <laughs> I don't know what his name is, but he's he played very well uh, against Kentucky. Tyler Davis. Tyler Davis. Yeah. So I mean, if they can, I don't know what his NBA prospects are off the top of my head. I would imagine late first round, maybe. If they can get him to stay around, I think they're going to be a really, really nice team in the next couple of years. Well, how funny is it that a lot of the draft stock? is still yet to be determined by this tournament. If you see a team go deep and a young freshman perform exceptionally well, like a Tyler Davis, if he gets the ball down low in the block, going up against, I don't know, let's say a far fetch, but somebody like a Caleb Tarzuski, obviously that matchup would have to be in the Final Four. But if he takes Tar- Tarzuski to task and just really goes yeah. after him, why are you smiling No, so I'm just much? smiling because Jam- our James I, yeah. Anderson, our colleague, was was just telling me about uh Tarzuski the other day I think he said he was watching an Arizona game and the, the commentator called him a Greek god or a, 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 I think it was a, a creation of Michelangelo or oh something because he's so chiseled 
<laughs> so uh, sure. Well, the thing is that you know perhaps uh, the only uh, NBA ready talent that tar- or that uh, Davis would have seen would be facing against Ben Simmons at LSU probably twice and then Kentucky. But now going up against in this tournament, he'll be able to face more NBA ready talent. And if he stacks up well, then right. there's a lot of draft stock to be had in this tournament. And of course, it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt that all eyes are on every single one of these games. Whereas, how many Texas A&M games did you watch this year? One, two. For me, I know I don't think I caught more than two games. I think yeah, maybe three or four max, and probably not a few full games by any means um so final pick do you have oklahoma coming out of the west like i do well the bracket i just submitted for one of my pools i had a&m as much and i want them to lose to green bay so so badly first tournament in 20 years for the fighting tony bennett's um but uh no i I think i think it's gonna be a&m um for some reason teams that i want to do well never seem to do well so like me wanting oklahoma to make the final four just means I should just yeah just means like I'd better not pick them because it's not happening all right so I got Oklahoma facing Maryland and I have Maryland winning you have Kansas facing Texas A&M who do you have Kansas Kansas all right quickly do you do you have any Oklahoma allegiance like is that your second favorite behind Wisconsin as Tulsa Tulsa. University of Tulsa is definitely my strong second grew up in Broken Arrow Tulsa region Um, so Tulsa strong second then OU OSU you know, toss him up. I definitely okay. like them more so than pretty much. Any How big other of team. a Justin Blackman fan would you say you are? <laughs> not big, not Come big on. at all. Uh, okay. Well, let's move to the East then. <clears throat> Excuse me. This one, it comes down to, to North Carolina and Kentucky for me. I, I'm not sold on Xavier. I admittedly, I haven't watched a ton of Xavier this year. So maybe that's, maybe that's part of it. And, you know, you could probably talk me into it, but I think North Carolina uh, gets past either USC or Providence in the second round. I think Kentucky gets by Stony Brook. I think they get by Indiana if Indiana makes it out of round one. I really, really, really want a UNC-Kentucky Sweet 16 matchup. Yes, I think that will – it could happen. It could it certainly, certainly happen. happen. I think I, I think that my top three here are North Carolina, Indiana, Kentucky. And so whoever makes it to the – I guess it would be the Elite Eight from that group, I'm going to sure. hands down pick them over any team coming out of the bottom half of the East bracket. Um, so in that case, I have North Carolina beating Wisconsin. Yeah, I always pick Wisconsin to go too far. I'm an alum. I don't care. Okay. I, I There's something about this Wisconsin team. I, I think it almost – well, uh, they have a, true experience. They do. Nigel Hayes, Bronson Caney. They do. The whole staff was there. Joe for, Walter. I mean, they made it to the Final Four right. the last two years. And so if you like experience, there it is. Yeah, and it, it does always seem, you know, these last couple of years especially, so, you know, a six, seven, eight, nine seed, somebody ends up there. And, you know, for us it's easy to say, oh, why not Wisconsin? But, uh, you know, I mean, it, the nice thing is, they, like you said, they have the experience. They have somewhat of star power in Nigel Hayes, you know, a guy who maybe underwhelmed a little bit this year. First but it's round a true, in the NBA draft coming up. I think he's staying. You think he's staying? I think he stays. Okay. Well, fair enough. He's still projected to be a first round. More like pick Nigel stays, draft. am I right? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I think it's going to come down to, to North Carolina and Kentucky, like I said. I, I think it's an interesting contrast in styles. North Carolina is solid, you know, one through eight in, in their rotation. They have, some, they have some nice guards, but I think Kentucky's backcourt might be better. The combination of Briscoe, Murray, Uless. and Ulysses. Yeah. Ulysses is better than anybody that North Carolina can throw at him and um the the one thing though is can you depend on scalabissier to to bang inside with kennedy meeks and bryce johnson i don't think you can i mean labissier was out of that fcc title game in the first minute and a half with two fouls two bad fouls inside yeah most definitely i 
I'm still I'm going to roll with North Carolina here. Like I said, would I be surprised whatsoever if Kentucky made it through? Heck no. I mean, this is yep. Calipari time. It is. This is Izzo time. They're, this is Calipari time. They. This is why they make the big bucks. Kentucky's peaking at the right time, if you believe in that kind of stuff. Um, I think they're playing probably their best basketball of the year. And if it's at this point, I've kind of moved on from hopefully Scal can come back. But if you can get even like anything out of the top recruit in this class, then I think their ceiling rises even a little bit higher. Scalabissier, we've talked. You, me, and James Anderson have talked about him. That he actually James, James is James is out on Scal. James is out on Scal to the point where he believes that he has to come out to, and and yep. declare for the NBA draft this year. Because I totally if he agree. doesn't and he stays at Kentucky, he'll be moving to the bench. Well, next sure. Year. Well, Kentucky's got an even better class coming in next year, and I think Labissier can only hurt his stock at this point unless unless something clicks for him over the summer. You know, right now he's probably at best. Some team maybe chances it with like the 14th pick, and that seems that seems in my mind generous. You know, if he has if he has even an average year next year, he might even fall out of the first round. I think I think at this point he can still kind of mitigate the damage. You know, I mean his his stardom has plummeted already. This is a guy who is coming into the year probably the number two pick. You know, projected wise after Ben Simmons, and I think he can. He's a guy who probably. Body style wise, athleticism wise, like he'll look good in individual workouts, I think, and that'll kind of buoy his stock a little bit. And some teams basically going to get uh, hustled by picking him. But if you're looking at it just from Scal's perspective, I think that's kind of the road you have to take. Yeah, isn't it amazing that if he would have came out right out of high school, he would have made right. a lot more money. Um, still would have and, probably been a bust. Oh God, like I, who would? I mean, who would have taken him? That would that would have been awful. Oh, I mean, your perennial, your perennial teams, the Sixers, <laughs> the Sixers, the Kings, uh, the Nets. Oh man, you know, you know how it goes. Yeah, Sacramento and taking him instead of Collie. Well, I tell maybe. you what, the, well, I guess the Nets. I don't know what they have. They don't have any picks they have whatsoever, no picks. so it doesn't Zero matter. Picks. But I would say they're they're kind of in the frame of mind where they're taking chances on injury riddled guys like they have with. Um, not Ronda Hollis Jefferson, but uh, somebody else I can't even remember right now. I Guy out know. of Syracuse. Oh, McCullough. Yeah, McCullough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 playing all right for he's them. He's playing all right, but they had to take a chance on him because sure. um, a lot of teams passed up. Exactly. There's still a lot of potential, but injuries. well, that's the type of thing where you like. I I would be fine with a team taking Scal at like thirty. Sure. Or well, even like late twenty. If you're choosing between a guy like Scal or let me, I'm trying to scan just like an you know a guy that you you know what he is like Scal. Who's a guy would you like or like Tarzuski or Gabe York? Maybe not Tarzuski's maybe not not a great example, but a guy who you know has limited upside, and you're a team like Golden State picking thirtieth, and you're like you know what we don't need this guy right now. Let's just keep him in the D League. Let's try to see if we can turn him into something over the next three years. That I'm okay with. So here's a guy that might fit this mold, uh, Devin Williams, center for West Virginia. Sure. Do you think? I mean, he's going to be, I don't know, just like a rebound guy. Not really much more than that in the NBA. Although, I mean, he's scoring lots of points sure. for them. Thirty-one points against Kansas last time they played in the Big Twelve tournament. Kind of a Montrez Harrell type. Of, exactly. That's a guy who I'm thinking of. You yeah. know, somebody like that. Nitty who, gritty is going to like can give you serviceable minutes right. in the rotation, but not necessarily has a lot of potential. Like yeah. He's as good now as he may ever be in right. the NBA. Absolutely. He's a junior forward for West Virginia. Sure. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we agree on UNC in the East. So we got um, – you're going Oklahoma. I'm going A&M in the West. We're both going Kansas in the South. Is that right? No, I'm going Maryland. Oh, you're going Maryland. That's right, Maryland. of course. All so right, so the Midwest. Midwest. This one's tough. How is it tough? Michigan State all the way. I have Michigan State as an easy national champion I think here. Th- yeah, I, I think they're – I do like Purdue for whatever reason. The, having three guys 
six, three very skilled, very good players, 6'10", 7'1", and 7'2", to me, is a matchup issue. They played Michigan State well. I hope that's what I have in the Elite Eight right now is is number five seed Purdue and number two Michigan State. I have Michigan State winning. I agree with you. Um, but I don't necessarily think this is going to be a complete breeze. Has there ever been a precedent for this where, I mean, I wouldn't say it's unanimous by any means, but the overwhelming favorite, it seems, generally uh, is a two seed. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Like people are talking about Michigan State like they're Kentucky last year. Yeah, and why would you give them any more fuel to the fire? Why'd you add fuel to the fire? So thank you, Selection Committee, for cementing my national mm-hmm. championship pick. Really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I think we, we can talk about one seed, two seed, all this junk, but in reality, well, what we would just swip, we would just uh you know, flip Virginia and Michigan State anyway. Sure, Oregon too. I, it, right, I it's think, not really that big of a deal. I, yeah, Michigan State should have been the one over Virginia, although they do have nine, uh, actually, five over, losses. Sorry, and over Oregon. Yeah, they. Well, yeah, the, the, the argument against that is you're sending them to Spokane, you know, rather than St. Louis. The thing about these big teams, though, is you know, big schools like Michigan State, like they're going to travel well. Yeah, well, here's the thing, and yeah, the selection committee probably did do them a fit. They're playing in Chicago. They're way closer. I mean. Uh, East Lansing is far closer to Chicago than um, Chicago is to Virginia's campus, and so sure. It, I mean, you can say whatever. Well, you that, want I mean, here, that's where yeah, the, the it's going to be a home court advantage if Michigan State plays Virginia. That's part, and of that's it. exactly what Michigan State wants, right? Exactly. It's it's either that or you're playing out in Anaheim, you know. So I think I think that helps. I mean, the Badgers played in Anaheim last year, didn't they? In the Elite Eight, yeah, I want to say they did. Yeah, they played in Anaheim. A that was times. that was basically a home game for Arizona, right? Yeah, yeah. no, you're, you're entirely right. Where did they, they play two Oregon years ago? Too. Yeah. Uh, I, think, it, I want to say it was, I, Arizona, or it was in California, in, too. I think they played in Anaheim a couple times in a row. Yeah, I thought that. Okay, I could, we could be very wrong on that, but that's what, I, that's what I suspected as well. All right, so I got Michigan State. You got Michigan State. Um, who's your national title matchup? I have Kansas against Michigan State. I have Maryland against Michigan State, and I have Michigan Maryland? State winning 69-64. Okay. I, went, I think I went 67-63. These games tend to be low scoring. I think sure. it, you know you're, it's very rare to see a title game in the 80s. You know it's defend you, to get all of this way here. You have to be a very good defensive team, and I think it ends up being more of a grinded out game than a run and gun game much more often. Last year, Wisconsin played in the Los Angeles West bracket and okay. they beat um, UNC in the Sweet 16. Then they went on to beat Arizona, and so obviously a heavily favored Arizona crowd. But of course, Wisconsin pulled it out to lose to Duke. Man. Still a lot of fun. All right, let's talk about the National Basketball Association. But first, you can be part of the action all season long at DraftKings.com, the official DFS basketball partner of Rotowire with DFS. You don't need to spend months micromanaging a roster. You can play whenever you want. You can pick a new team every time you play. Challenge your friends in a custom league to prove that you're the superior GM or square off against basketball fans from around the country for big prizes. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOHOOPS to play free. DraftKings, the official partner of RotoWire. Again, that promo code is RotoHoops, and you can use it at DraftKings.com. Real quickly, one thing I forgot. You did an XM draft yesterday, uh, an XM Radio college basketball fantasy draft, which I opted out of that over the weekend because well, yeah, I was why? really tired when I got that email, and I, was, I remember laying in bed responding to Trevor at XM, and I was like, I just don't want to do this. And I didn't realize exactly what it was. That the email wasn't that detailed, but then I saw you guys start doing it, and I was like, man, I really wish I would have done this. Um, but I noticed James, James was in the draft and he shared the Google doc with me because I wanted to kind of follow along and, and see where people were going. You loaded the hell up on big 10 players. <laughs> you have everybody on your team. Nine of your 10 players are from the big 10, right? No, not nine. I have uh McKee from Iowa state. Um, let's see. Here. That's it. Isn't it? Not quite. I have Caleb Tarzuski. 
I took him oh, with the last pick okay, in the draft. I didn't, I didn't. Uh, so eight out of my ten. <laughs> so I'll just quickly go through Denzel Valentine. I had the number one overall pick. What with Denzel Valentine, obviously you um, the way the points accrue. Once they're out of the tournament, they're out. And right. So, so if, you're not if, just picking talent necessarily. Yeah, you're picking longevity too. So your second, third guy from Michigan State can definitely go over Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn was like round eight. Well, even even guys like you know Hayes or you yep. know some of the big. You know, Purdue I think Hammonds went pretty late just because you know you're looking at matchups yeah no I picked uh I picked Hayes oh I also went with Kadeem Latin so seven of my ten guys uh were uh were big ten okay. I picked Nigel Hayes in the eighth round so well, he's a double double threat um at that point you're hoping just to get two games uh, and that seems a, very reasonable exactly you're trying to get the best player that could potentially play two games um, so, you know, it, it's a pretty interesting draft. I'll just go through my team real quickly. Denzel Valentine, I'm incredibly happy. If he makes it to the final, I could win by him alone. Like, it, I mean, he's a triple-double threat every game. Uh, Matt Costello going with the Michigan State theme. That one, I will say, I thought was a bit of a reach. But if you're going longevity, it's not a reach at all. Yeah, most definitely. A couple of mellow Trimble for Maryland. Obviously, if you look at my bracket, then I'm mm-hmm. going to win apparently jared utah <laughs> of iowa i have them making it a little deeper than a lot of people do and he can be a massive point producer if he does see two three games for did me. you see the si regional covers you know every year they do this they'll do four or five covers uh for the ncaa tournament preview bryce johnson's on one brianna stewart is on one buddy healed is on one and jared udoff is on one yeah Jared Udoff? Dude, he was a player. Seven seed? He's a long way away from playing pickup there games are about, with me at there the are like, surf over Oh, I know. He absolutely is. He, yeah, he, he actually spent a lot of time there. Like that year when he was between transferring, he was, yeah, he was always right. at the rec So center. he was in hot water with Bo, but he was still that technically was a weird time. enrolled. So he was at the local rec yep. facility. You and I both played lots of pickups games oh, yeah. with Jared Udoff. An SI regional cover, Speaking, man. Yeah, I'm just going to humble brag real quick here. Speaking of the rec center, uh, Wes Matthews came there quite a bit during the NBA lockout a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, one time I got hit in the face with a pass, and <laughs> Wes Matthews laughed at me and said, quote, I ain't never seen any bleep like that before, man. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't ask me if I was okay, just laughed, and, and that was that. He's so funny. He shows up to Badger games sometimes wearing his Marquette shirt, and the whole student section just loves him. I mean, why not? No, he's a great guy. I mean, he's from Madison. Obviously, didn't go here. I think there were some issues, uh, family issues. I don't know. If, I don't want to speak for West by any means. I think, but I, I had read that his dad went to Wisconsin. He didn't have a great relationship with his dad at the time, and he didn't want to. He didn't kind of want to follow in his footsteps and be, you know, another West Matthews at. Fair enough. At Wisconsin. And I understand, too, that if you just want to get away from your hometown and have a new experience, and I certainly did that growing up in Oklahoma and coming to Wisconsin and playing Division One basketball here at the university. Not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So back to the NBA. Um, Portland OKC was maybe the most anticipated game of the night for a lot of people. That ended up being a blowout in favor of Oklahoma City. I what do we think of this team? They lose to the, the Spurs. They've scored 85 points, tied for their season low on Saturday against the Spurs. They lose to the Timberwolves the night before that. And then they turn around and beat what's been a pretty good Portland team without any problems. Yeah, well, you're using pretty good, uh, a little too sparing, or not sparingly there, a little too generously there. I, you can't, the team that only has two pillars of their offense and C.J. McCollum, sure, he's been great, but is he at the level, level of Lillard or even at uh, all-star level, I, I really don't think so. And so you're talking about one guy trying to put the team on his back. It's just not going to work if you have somebody like a Andre Roberson who can play and shut down one of those two guys, although Roberson did only play 13 minutes. Thunder go on a 15-0 run to end the first quarter. 
It was 66 to 42 at half. I was not watching this game. It's just not a good matchup at all for the Trailblazers. And it shows you that um, while they are performing and exceeding expectations at 35 and 33, uh, by no means do they have a shot when playoffs roll around. No, and I don't think that's much of a surprise. You know, we're not breaking any ground by saying that. I think in some ways Portland's kind of playing with house money at this point. They're doing much better than they thought they would. I mean, don't tell that to Damian Lillard or C.J. McCollum or Plumlee, whoever, any of these guys. You know, they'll tell you, I'm sure, that they think they can win a, a series or two. But you know, the expectations, you have to be realistic with this. And Oklahoma City is a much better team. Thunder ended the first quarter on a 15-0 run, uh, as you've noted here, 66-42 to at the half. So, I mean, this was kind of a rebound game, I guess. You know, you'd like to imagine after those two losses, you kind of regroup and, and kind of take it all out on this Portland team. Westbrook, a rebound away from a triple-double in the first half. And he had chances. He had one that he lost out of bounds. Like, he was... It was coming right to him, and he just kind of fumbled it, lost it. Next possession, he and KD both go for a rebound, and, and Durant went up and got it. Uh, I'm, it's, I think it's a tough, a tough position to be in because selfishly you, you would imagine you want the triple-double, right? But if you're Russ, you're not going to tell KD, like, back off, back off, I got this. You, know, you, don't wanna, you want it, but you don't want to make it look like you want it. No, he wants it. Everybody knows he wants right. it. And big brother KD should get the heck out of the way. I mean, it's not it's it's not a secret. He's going to get his triple-double anyway. It didn't really matter. Lots of scoring all around. The thing that's crazy, again, I don't know how many times I have to say this, but Vonley, Aminu, and Plumley 8, 11, and 4 points, respectively. There's just nothing going on there. Thunder are good. They're going to be a, a tough team to put out in the playoffs. I'm not concerned whatsoever. Um, let's move on to the Cavs-Utah game. I'm also not conserved concerned that the Cavs lose this game in Utah with no Gordon Hayward for the Jazz. Yeah, the reaction to this one, I, I was a little bit surprised. I was off Twitter for most of the game doing some uh, doing some Bucks stuff, and I was surprised at the negative reaction. I mean, it was a, it was a, a bad loss for the for the Cavs. I mean, no Gordon Hayward for Utah, but it wasn't like it wasn't a game where they, I didn't think they played that poorly. I mean, Kyrie Irving had a terrible shooting night; couldn't get anything to fall. He, he looked like his usual self. He was getting to the hole and just you know. Shots are rolling off, three-pointers are rimming out. It it wasn't necessarily a bad performance. It wasn't a game where you look and say, man, they're just so out of sorts. They just weren't hitting shots. 10 of 42 from beyond the arc. Uh, maybe a little bit, if there's one criticism, it's maybe you're over-relying on threes. J.R. Smith took a lot of J.R. Smith shots in this game when you know maybe there were some some extra passes available. But you know, like I said, I watched this whole game, and I definitely didn't come away thinking, man, the Cavs are in trouble. I came away thinking... They had an off-shooting night. They shot the hell out of the ball against the Clippers over the weekend. I think it's kind of a law of averages type of game. They're on the second night of a back-to-back, a road back-to-back. They were in all L.A. all weekend. To me, this just adds up as an off night. Irving, 7 of 23. JR, 2 of 12. They combined to go 2 of 17 from 3. Delvadova, 1 of 5 from 3 on what were mostly open looks. LeBron is really the only Cavalier who played well in this game. He had 23, 12, and 3, a couple monster dunk shots. Uh, in this game and I don't know to me I'm not I'm not concerned and I'm the one who's always up in arms about these Cavs games so I think that tells you if I'm not concerned then you know maybe normal people shouldn't be concerned there's your stamp of approval from from Nick Whalen let's be honest here I think you said something that really bears mentioning and maybe it's being glossed over by a lot of people the Cavs only go to LA once during a season they only play the Clippers once they only play the Lakers once and usually they do those games well on the road they don't play them once you mean right right yeah sorry they only go to Los Angeles the city of Los Angeles once during the year and they usually play those two teams back back-to-back are pretty similar and 
being in LA is, is far different than being in a, you know, a Sacramento or something like that. And so when you talk about back-to-back games coming out of LA, this is the second straight year that Cleveland has lost in Utah. And you can chalk it up to the same reason. Last year, the game was a little more contested with Gordon Hayward hitting a corner three, I believe it was, to beat the Cavs. Not concerned whatsoever. It's a long season, 82 games, of course. Uh, 47-19 and 19 is an amazing record. It's a very, very good record. They're going to get to the finals. They're going to have a chance to beat whoever comes out of the West, if it's the Warriors, Thunder, Clippers, I don't even care if it's the Jazz again. They're, they can sweep the Jazz in the seven-game mm-hmm. series when it really matters. I mean, we're freaking out, or some people are freaking out about them losing to the Jazz, but they, I mean, they just beat what we think is the third or fourth best team in the West handily by 20-plus a couple games before. They've played very well against OKC this year. They held their own in one game against Golden State. I mean, you can, that, that series, who knows where it's going to go. I mean, I, I think we have an idea of where it's going to go, but and any sport you just if you get there you have a chance you know we you, if the Cavs get to the finals you can't just say they're going to lose to the Warriors right now they've that very well and probably will be the result but who knows what's going to happen in that series so uh, I'm it's way too early to freak out I mean the Cavs the Cavs are going to be the Cavs are all signs point to them being there in June to take on Golden State or San Antonio or OKC and I, I think it's 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 just kind of silly to freak out about a game like this Especially when teams like OKC are losing four, you know, eight out of twelve, and in the national, the national freakout just isn't really there. Right? Yeah, the national freakout has not been there for the Thunder. Although you know why that is, Nick, is because the Thunder are a cohesive unit who doesn't right. ripe when the games are Instagram. over. Instagram. It doesn't Instagram. Doesn't tweet. It, as much as the Cavs, the Cavs bring it upon themselves so much. It's ridiculous, yeah. really. And even even after last night's game, Kyrie's out there shooting on the court and. You know, that that of course led to why is he not in the locker room with his team? Where's the rest of the team? Like they're flying out tomorrow. They're probably either getting treatment, they're back at the hotel, sleeping. If he wants to go shoot jump shots, it doesn't mean that his teammates didn't want to stay with him. It means that they are probably dog tired on the second night of a back to back. It's so funny that too, like normally under most circumstances like if you had anybody else do that, like if Joe English shot jumpers after it would the be, game, it'd be like, Wow, that guy is a gym rat. Right. He is getting ready. He Craziness. is committed. Craziness. Kyrie Irving does it and it's turmoil in Cleveland. Right. It I, I thought that was very funny, honestly, more than anything else. That if Kobe did that, it's oh man, it's just the Kobe legend, you know, yeah. and that's what he does. But if Kyrie does it, there's a problem. Like, why is he doing this? So, I I want to ask you about this dumb. game. Did you see the altercation between I Trey did. Lyles and Channing Frye? LeBron said he wants an enforcer. Yeah, it's not he Channing got it. Frye. <laughs> that was a very weird... Uh, so uh, apparently what it takes to be an enforcer is to take a knee to the groin and then just headbutt somebody, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I was... You can't argue with the ejection. I mean, I... Or not a knee, an elbow to the groin, sorry. Right, I mean, and there was... I don't think it was a dirty play by Lyles, I mean, kind of a space clearing, but, you know, what is Fry a 10-year veteran at this point, and Lyles is a rookie, I... Fry definitely kind of, you know, f- was a little bit more animated than he probably should have been in that situation. But, I mean, Lyles didn't really back down. Um, and then there, yeah, it wasn't as much of a headbutt as it was kind of like a, a, like a, a boxing push. way in, like face-to-face yelling. And then Lyles was the first to actually shove him. And then Fry gave like a 30% half-hearted like swing. And that's what I'm sure, you know, even if he made contact, he probably hurts his hand more than he hurts Lyles with the way that he swung that. But um, I think that was kind of one of those situations I saw it where when it's it like a coach intentionally getting a technical or intentionally getting ejected, it was kind of a, you know, at that point, the Cavs or the, the Jazz were in the middle of a run and it was 
I think it was kind of supposed to be a turning point game. Like Fry didn't seem too upset that he was kicked out. Yeah, most definitely. He got high fives from everybody on the team before he walked into the tunnel. Right. And the funny thing is that Lyles was happily, not happily leaving the game too, but he did high fives out of the tunnel as well. And so, uh, yeah, Fry already had one technical and he got a regular, I think, flagrant run technical after that. Lyles got a flagrant two and is immediately out. He could be punished by the league, but again, you're probably not using him um, to. Yeah, I mean, he's just a guy off the bench. Booker is completely fine yeah. doing the exact same Lyles role. played well earlier in the season when, when Favors was out with the back spasms. But, uh, yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll close on that, I guess. I, got, I think if Kyrie plays, like, his C-plus game, the Cavs are right. I mean, they were in it, really. They were in it until right at the end, honestly. And even then, they, I think they, they trimmed the lead to seven with about a minute left uh, on a J.R. Smith three. Uh, I mean, they were right there. I don't know. I'm, I'm not too concerned. Dallas at Charlotte. Zaza to the bench in this game? Yeah, Zaza to the bench. Is that even legal? You move uh, Dirk Nowitzki down to center. Raymond Felton comes in as shooting guard. Now, I want your take on this, Nick. Uh, earlier today on our Rotowire Morning Press with Derek Van Riper, I said that this move makes sense because then you have Cody Zeller go to guarding Derek or Dirk Nowitzki, and then Dirk can guard Cody Zeller, whereas Dirk is not chasing around Marvin Williams, who's running all over the court, getting screen set for him. You have Chandler Parsons moving down, and that makes more of a matchup sense to me for him to go against um, – to go against Williams and for Dirk. Obviously, it worked, right? They won the game. Uh, Zaza only plays a few minutes after the game. Rick Carlisle says, oh, we're going to take this game by game. Of course, classic coach when your strategy works out, just kind of pumping it up a little bit. Like Essentially, what he said is, oh, I'm just going to be a smart-ass coach and take it game by game. And Zaza well, could move into the starting lineup next game. The way that Dallas is playing, they needed to do something. Sure. sure. Um, you know, I would certainly tell you that taking Pachulia out of the picture is a recipe for disaster. Um, it's a recipe for safety, I guess, for everyone's safety in the game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it seemed to work. It's Dirk seemed fresher, that's for sure. Um, and he's a plus twenty four in twenty eight minutes, which is pretty ridiculous. And this is a, a Charlotte team that's been playing really well. This is their first loss uh, of the month, I believe. And you wonder, it's hard to bring Frank into the game unless you're going to use him at center. Um, Al Je- probably did something to the Al Jefferson mix too because you can't have Al Jefferson out there running around facing Dirk Nowitzki. So it's 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 tough all around. Good move by Carlisle. It makes sense against this particular Hornets team, but it's not going to make sense against the majority of the league, I would say. Yeah, and and then that's maybe where the Carlisle quote actually makes sense. You know, you ha- sure. you kind of do have to take it game to game. Denver at Miami. Look at the Heat just piling up the points. I, I was on 120 Sports yesterday saying, you know, I, I like to avoid the Heat. They can't score. They slow the game down. Well, they scored 120 points last night. 124. Thank you very much. Uh, Joe Johnson. I uh, don't have the exact stats in front of me, but I think the Heat are 7-2 and two or 7-1 and one since he's joined them. The move really from Luol Dang, small forward, down to power forward has worked well, not only for Dang's production, but the Heat on the whole, um, kind of fulfilling that Chris Bosh role, extending the court. Chris Bosh was in attendance for last night's game course round of applause is all around still thinks that he can come back this season but interestingly enough nick do you move dang to the bench maybe and then have him come off the bench is that stre- same stretch four role what do they do if bosh does come back yeah it's interesting the small ball lineup i think you could say it's worked pretty dang good for them so far no, um no thank you well what if you what if you just move stoudemire to the bench and throw bosh as your you know as your five i think that's, that's worked what, in the past i think that's what they're going to be working i think with. it is too i mean and who knows maybe bosh comes off the bench for a week when he does get back um i don't know this is a veteran team this is a team that i don't think you have you're not going to have the problem of 
you know, if, if Joe Johnson has to come off the bench, I don't think he's going to gripe about it. You know, I mean, these are guys that understand the situation. They're similar in age, Stoudemire, Johnson, Dang, Bosch, Wade. These are these guys, they know each other's game. They know it's not about who starts the game. I don't, I'm not too concerned about that. But then you have the white side factor, too. I mean, he's still coming off the bench, and he had 18 and 10 with a block last night. So maybe in that respect, you kind of, you know, you have to, somebody's going to have to move out. Yeah, I think, I think it's either Johnson or Dang. And, I think those those two guys to me are somewhat interchangeable in a lot of ways. So I think maybe one game Dang starts, maybe with a different matchup Johnson starts. Uh, but either way, I don't think it affects necessarily the way they play. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. Very interchangeable for me. Working out well so far. We'll cross that bridge if we come to it. We do, of course, hope that Chris Bosch comes back because this Heat team could make a little noise in the playoffs. They could give Toronto some trouble if they face them, maybe face the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals. It would certainly be an interesting matchup for uh, LeBron to play the Heat and his former buddies in the Eastern Conference Finals, if the, if that's how things work out. That would be a good time. If you take a look at the Eastern Conference Finals, or standings right now there are four seeds so they would face them before the would finals. lebron get booed in miami in that series no things you, get you ramped up a in championship, the championship you can't do that they he brought you a championship i think that was it was kind of funny when he went back to cleveland like the reaction i think miami fans wanted to be mad and it was like you know he well, i mean we, we got lucky getting him in the first place well you realize that no heat fans show up for the pregame announcements anyway right. so there'd be nobody there to boo shots fired at the miami heat fans hit me hit me up on twitter at trainer dj i don't care <laughs> bring me your hate i am nourished by your hatred <laughs> all right chicago at toronto Dwayne casey kind of called this game the, the doug mcdermott game last night there was a, a quote i was I, I saw him say uh i think he said every time we play chicago you know this isn't an exact quote but every time we play chicago you know some somebody has the best game of their life and that guy tonight <laughs> was was doug mcdermott 29 points off the bench uh one rebound one assist so really just kind of shooting the ball and shooting the ball really well four or five at the line or four or five behind the line I should say seven of eight at the free throw line four bull starters and double figures we thought Jimmy Butler might be on a minutes limit he played 34 minutes is, is that a minutes limit for him I don't know it might be seriously I mean swelling in that left knee we're just waiting for it to come back I mean come on Chicago I mean you get the win and you're still I don't I like the Bulls right I don't like what they're doing well the funny thing is Tibbs is out and we thought this kind of stuff would not persist right and that they would be smarter in terms of managing minutes but obviously that is not the case whatsoever the organization itself is keen on just absolutely running their players into the ground that's that's what it's it very is. it's it's a weird mandate they it's their 50th anniversary season so I think there's there's a lot of pressure to make the playoffs they went through the deadline without making any moves, and it they're just they're going to end up losing probably in the first round if they even make the playoffs. If they don't make the playoffs, they're going to end up picking 13th or 14th. Most important part of that, about this game, I'm sure you're all over it, uh, Drake playing a little defense on Justin Holiday on that. the sidelines. <clears throat> Great D, actually. Uh, fantastic They D. say a lot. I mean, the sidelines are your best defender. Right. Uh, loved it. I loved it. Uh, did you hear? I mean, he was obviously mouthing, he ain't got no timeouts. Don't have any timeouts. <laughs> I don't know if he said Ancot, but you know, probably. I don't, I don't know how what, what Drake's uh, like. I don't know what the right verbiage for for that is. Is hey, he, got, been, is he an Ancot? Been, I think he is. You've been on fire with the puns today. I've been waiting for you to drop like a hotline bling, like, like sideline bling, sideline bling. Yeah, holiday man. Didn't really work though. That's the problem. Well, it did on. Well, not to win the game, but he did. Holiday did get called for five seconds. That is true. That is true. It worked at the time, I guess. Um, we'll skip through these other games quickly. Detroit at Washington. Um, huge blowout win for the Wizards. This is 
uh, I think Wizards Twitter was was excited by this one, but I saw, I saw a couple of people say like, you know, there's like, is this a turning point game for them? And like, well, there's 15 games left, so is it too late to kind of turn things around? Yeah, it's too. You late. You also beat the Pistons, you know. I mean, this, right. is a, this is a decent Pistons team. It's not like you blew out the Spurs by 50. I tell you what, they're only three games back of the Bulls. The Bulls are in the eighth seed right now in the East. Really kind of clouded, um, as it has been all year long. If the Heat dropped down to the eight seed, wouldn't be surprised. There's only, let's see, quick math here. I guess let's throw in the Celtics, too. Um, Celtics aren't dropping. Yeah, Celtics aren't dropping, so excuse me. You know, there's seven games from four to ten, and that's it's a pretty close difference, and you never know what can happen at that time. Uh, turning point, no. I don't think anything's going to happen. you got to have your second-best player able to play game-to-game. Game. Bradley Beal is not doing that. Uh, I don't know why that would work whatsoever. So turning point, say whatever you want, sure. But uh, blowout game, throw out this box score. It's not going to be reflective of each of these teams' next games in the final 15 games of the season. Sure. Memphis at Houston, another big-time blowout. Memphis loses by 49 in this one. Uh, not too much to say about that. Kind of a game that I think maybe we saw coming from Memphis with so many you know, guys who you aren't used to playing big roles and playing big minutes, maybe just, you know, the injuries and the fatigue. Well, right. And the, you know, the injuries and the fatigue, I think just caught up with them against the team in Houston that likes to go up and down. Well, here's, here's the thing for me, Nick, and we've kind of talked about it sheepishly over the last couple of weeks. I keep saying that this Memphis team can fall out of playoff race and with a starting five, like they had last night with green Barnes, Hollins, Weber, and Allen. I mean, that's arguably one of the worst starting fives we've seen all season long. Um, and so if we're looking at the Western Conference standings, of course, Grizzlies at 28 losses right now, the Jazz with 35. So I know there's seven games difference. Jazz coming off a nice win against Cleveland. Uh, like you said, 15 to 20 games left. I would not be surprised if the Grizzlies lose. I'm not sure how many games they have. Let's say they have 15. If they lost 13 of their last 15 games, allowing the Jazz to sneak in there over the Grizzlies. Are you at the point now where you're starting to say, wow, this this might actually come down to the wire, even though the Grizzlies currently are the fifth seed in the West? No. I, I think I think the Grizzlies will fall. I think winning those last couple games, you know, winning beating the Cavs last week, and you know, I think they pulled out another victory last week those those were big for them because at this point every game matters um they have 15 games left I mean they're they're really gonna have to tank it and the Jazz are really gonna have to play well to make up that deficit I think maybe Memphis falls to seventh or eighth but I don't think they fall out fair enough so we got the Timberwolves Bucks Clippers Suns Lakers Spurs a couple times Nuggets Raptors Magic Bulls Mavericks they can eke out some wins, but I'm telling you, man, if if their starting five resembles this in their future games, then it's it's gonna be it's gonna be close. No, it'll be interesting. It's I mean they they might get Conley back. That'll help down the stretch, I guess. I don't know what the Grizzlies' goal is. Like what maybe they want to fall out. I don't do you, know. Oh, I think they should. What are you rooting? I'm rooting them for them to fall out. I would love to see the Jazz take on yeah. uh, a similar role that the Celtics did last season, fighting for that last eight spot and getting some playoff. Because in the next it doesn't couple matter. Years, nobody's nobody's gonna touch Golden State. No, I know, but I think the Jazz are at a point where they have some solid depth at each each position, mm-hmm. and that. At this point, they'd be way more well-suited to get playoff experience, just like the Celtics did last year, getting swept against the Cavs. But now in the playoffs, they know what it's like, and they have a chance to win the first round, maybe even win a second-round series. Jazz are in a very similar position in my eyes. What I do hope is that Houston gets up to the five and plays the Clippers in the first round. Yes. I would really like that. Yes, please. Um, And then maybe Portland at the six to play OKC. I I just don't want to see... I don't want to see Memphis play anybody that's that's fun. Like, give me Memphis Spurs yeah. just to get that out. Get Memphis out of there in four games. You know, that's I, why I want the. 
I don't want Memphis in. They're just they have, really haven't been an exciting team at any point when they nah. were good. And well, so, it's just it's just tough because you know they're not getting Gasol back. You know, it's you they're just not they're not going to be the Grizzlies at their best no matter what's going to happen. So Minnesota at Phoenix. I uh, won't talk too much uh, about this one. Any notes that you notice? I'm not going to talk at all about all right, that one. Excellent. Pelicans at Warriors. Golden State dominates. Davis, 20 shots, 22 points. I mean, Andrew Bogut hit a three in this game. That was kind of the big takeaway for me. His fourth of his career. He's been in the league. They look good, enough. too. Yeah. Looked very comfortable. It was contested and everything yeah. and still got it right off. Um, Golden State, we'll talk about we'll talk about them uh, in a second, but let's get to SeatGeek real quickly. Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated, and they all try to sneak in huge fees at the checkout. That, DJ, is why you need to try SeatGeek. They made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. We've talked about last year getting tickets to the Final Four, You know, looking into tickets for the Big Ten Tournament. You know, we, we, we mentioned the bracket and all these sites. If I was going to go and fly out to St. Louis to go watch the old Wisconsin Badgers, there's only one place to get tickets. SeatGeek. SeatGeek. You can get the app. You can go online. Uh, it's the only place I ever go to look for tickets to a game or a concert. Do you have any concerts that you go to? I've never been to a concert. <laughs> no, you cannot just drop that mid-pod. Like I've been that. to like, okay, I've, I've been, been to, to something. a concert? It depends what you define as a concert, I guess. I've never paid to go to a concert. Like I've gone to the, the union and watched somebody like, like a, well, I guess what do you, it's like the pickup basketball equivalent of music, what do you, like an open mic. That's what I was trying to wow. think of. Wow. I haven't, I mean, my, a similar statement for me, it's, I haven't been to a concert in the last 24 hours. I went last week to one down in Chicago, family and friends with what the pack. Band? Going to one tonight, what, going to where, one on, on what, what Saturday. What concert is tonight? There's a bluegrass band okay. playing in the Well, Majestic. part of the issue is that Two Chains doesn't usually roll through Wisconsin. I can't believe you've never been to a concert. Well, I've never even been tempted to go to a concert. Like, what concert? I guess Future was here a while ago, but that I don't know. That's not really my scene. My goal for the rest of the, you know, from now until the end of summer is to get you at a concert. I'm gonna maybe Summerfest. I've never even done that, so that would be an option. You've never been to Summerfest? No. All right, we're doing this. This I prefer my music in headphones. Well, I tell you what, I'm gonna go take a look at SeatGeek. I'm gonna take a look at your two change schedule, his tour schedule. I'm gonna pick the closest destination. I'm gonna download the SeatGeek app. Kidnap me in your kidnap your what do you call it? I don't know, like a Jeep thing. Uh, F Toyota FJ Cruiser. So uh, <laughs> our listeners out there too, to get your $20 rebate on tickets, if you're trying to take somebody to enjoy a simple life experience, like enjoy a nice concert, like I'm going to do with my good buddy, Nick Whalen, download the free SeatGeek app, then go to the settings tab and click add a promo code, enter promo code RWNBA, RWNBA, and then SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. I think I might turn that $20 in and go see maybe a hockey game, maybe a Blackhawks games i've never been to an nhl game so maybe i'll make me neither i i would much rather go to a concert than an nhl game fair enough download the free seeky gap and enter promo code rotowire or rwmba today well the rw stands for rotowire but fair that enough. that won't work if you enter the promo Don't code it's got to be rwmba uh it's all caps so if for some reason you type in rwmba and it doesn't work try try the all caps option let's talk about your boy Giannis. all that length in the words of Sidney moncrief <laughs> Does he have a legitimate chance at the Most Improved Player Award? No. What is this? No. What is this vulgarity you wrote here? The F word? Expletive no. No, why? He says F no question mark exclamation? I wanted... F no? (laughs) 
He does. No. He's if he fifteen games left for the Bucks. If he gets seven triple doubles over those last fifteen games, he's going to win it. Recency bias is a real thing. Yes. So I will award you that. It but, affects a I lot mean, of people. You, I mean, we said on this last podcast that CJ McCollum kind of has this award all sewn up right now. Um, we were ready to give it to Will Barton a few months ago. CJ McCollum, Barton on the, like, the end of this list. If you want to give Giannis second. I mean, Steph Curry might have more votes than Giannis. That's a good point. And I, okay, I don't expect Giannis to win it. I think he's going to need to go crazy over these last few games. The thing is, McCollum has the whole season. You know, He's kind of had this building campaign. To me, it's like Andrew Luck getting to the Heisman ceremony a couple of years ago. He, he had a pretty a good season, but not a Heisman season, but he was the front runner all year and he was going there no matter what. Um, so I think McCollum, and, and it wouldn't, but I don't want to make the argument that it would be wrong to choose McCollum because it's not at all. McCollum is right now. He should be the winner, but if Giannis keeps this up, even though it would only be for 30 games or whatever, he has a 28.2 PER since the all-star break. And that's while shooting like 70% from the line and not taking any threes assist rate, almost triple turnover rate down usage rate up five points i mean everything it's it's ridiculous you looked me in the eyes when you the only thing is the bucks are seven and six since the all-star break (laughs) so the team success aspect you know you have mccollum um it and again you know Giannis has only been doing this for a third of the season so i think mccollum is still the answer but i think Giannis has bullied his way into this race very strongly over the last four weeks this particular race and this particular award what you do and how what the metric is is you look at last year's season averages and you look at this year's season averages Should not be that and it's not sexy enough here well the other thing is yeah Giannis's assist even though he's been doing this for 13 games his assist numbers are only up like one per game over last year because he was so you know fairly average as a passer through the first 60 games of the year you can say what you want about the metric but it is the metric and it's just four points different in terms of points in terms of assists like you just said 1.2 better than this year otherwise there's not a whole lot you look at curry and you've got massive differences uh the point i made last week or the week before that is that it's not so much that curry has changed his game or enhanced everything he's just allocated more of his own uh usage from assists to shooting um, and so that's why I don't think he should be most improved player. And I don't quite think Giannis should either. I mean, it's a full If it, game, if it was a, a award for most improved over one season, maybe it'd be Giannis from like most improved from game one to game 82. But it's, you know, I think it's, it's like you said, it's from last year to this year. And that's where McCollum, I think it's it. Yeah, fair enough. I, it, it's it's got to be McCollum. It just yep. has to be. Although he is fading quickly. So he it, is. It'll be he's down to like 6,500 on FanDuel. Yeah, he's... Giannis, I think, set a new Bucks record by getting over 9,000. Right. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting indeed. But I, I think uh, the fact that, you know, one wave is kind of taking off or the other one is, is mm-hmm. ending is, is interesting. Yeah, exactly. It'd be one thing if McCollum was still playing. I mean, he's not playing poorly by any means, but he's cooled off a bit. For sure. For sure. Did you watch the game against the Nets last night or Sunday night by chance? Bucks Nets? Uh, no, that I was, just got the highlights. Of okay. That. I mean, I'm sure you Why saw it. Why would I watch that I mean, game? Hey, man, what else is on at that time? That was the single most dominating performance I've seen from a Bucks player probably since the Jennings 55 point game. And that was almost different because it felt a little fluky, you know, some of the shots he was hitting. I mean, this was, and the weird thing is, and, and this probably works against Giannis as well, is that the Nets were right there the entire game until the last couple of minutes. They were actually leading for a lot of that second half while Giannis is putting up these crazy numbers. But I just hadn't seen that kind of control. I mean, it's, he's reached a new level of confidence, which maybe is kind of the most scary thing for a 21 year old. And like I've said over the last couple of weeks, uh, I will wait and save my breath until this rolls over immediately into next season. 
because I mean we saw hints of this from the Bucks team as a whole last year at the end of last season when you say hey there's 20 games left let's try some things right um, so I, I'll be impressed when he does this at in the first 10 games of next season yeah it's it's interesting though he's going to enter next season I think as you know, all-star or bust basically, you know, it's good. It's going to be an all-star spot in the East is going to be his to lose, which is, you can't say that about many bucks players in the last decade. And you know what would mess this up? I think Giannis is perfectly capable. He's 21 years old. First of all, Mm -hmm. I think he's perfectly capable of duplicating this, but where the issue lies, not only this season, but potentially going into next season is Jason Kidd switching things up too much. Not rolling with this. If the organization brings in a new player that doesn't fit in with the big three, if Giannis does not duplicate this during the first portion of next season, I don't think it'll be his fault. It'll well, be the organization's fault. It, yeah, I mean, the, the thing about this is it all of a sudden creates some questions in the organization for what do you do this offseason? What do you do with Michael Carter-Williams? Where do you go in free agency? You got four or five guys, bench guys, Bayless, Mayo, Novak, guys like that coming off the books. You know, where do you try to build around Giannis at the point? Do you go out and try to get a point guard in case, you know, you think this maybe isn't sustainable? So... They're going to have to choose one of those paths, and it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Warriors, 60-6 and six now after last night. Percentage chance, how confident are you that they get to 73? Um, 90%. Uh, yeah, I think 90, 95. They get the Spurs three more times. Two of those are on the road, but other than that, they have a game against the Clips. They play the Mavs. They play the Blazers. A couple against the Grizzlies. Um, but they, actually, they actually play the Mavs twice. Other than that, Every game, you'd think they would be heavy favorites. Uh, they're home to Boston. That's a good Boston team, but getting them at home is, is huge. Um, and of these last 16 games, 10 of them are at home. So I think they can get to 74, maybe, 75. I mean, it, yeah. it, is it inconceivable for them to go 15-1 and one the rest of the way? No, not at all, because they've done that at numerous right, points exactly. this it's, year. it's almost like inconceivable for them to not do that. Well, the only thing that's standing in their way, like you said, they face the Spurs three times. They're only four games ahead of the Spurs right now. If the Spurs decide to do push the pedal to the metal and see if they can contend for uh, the number one overall seed, then who knows? Maybe the Spurs will get in the head of the Warriors, something like that. You, know, you never know. No, 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 it's fine. But I, I just don't think that... If if that happens, it's not going to be because Tony Parker and Tim Duncan like really lace him up tight and go after it. It's going to be because Kawhi Leonard and LaMarcus Aldridge are young enough and spry enough where they can exert the energy in these three games to challenge the Warriors without compromising their um, you know their stamina for the playoffs. Right. My question is, what if they get? What if they're seventy three and I guess it would be seven. We'll say seventy three and seven with two games left. At that point, they would have the record. Do you think they rest those last two games, or they try to get to seventy-five? Oh, they're. Go- I think they're going for it. I think they're definitely going for it. As we watch the, Ooh, that was Jr. Sweet. to LeBron just, just to came LeBron. on the TV here. I had to take. You a, can't I had function- to take a quick break. You're not able to function if LeBron is on a TV screen no. within within ten feet that's, of you. That's absolutely accurate. Yeah, I've seen I'm it. not arguing that at all. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, do you need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix has something for you. It's used by more than 75 million people worldwide. Wix makes it easy to get your website live today with hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor. There's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or a designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're going to be too busy worrying about your budget, scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website for that business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that is where our friends at Wix come in. 
With Wix.com, it's easy and it's free. Go to Wix, that's W-I-X.com to create your own website today. The result is stunning. Let's get to trivia. Let's do this. My turn to be embarrassed this week. And I haven't looked at these at all. This is my first glance. All right, really? Yep. I I appreciate that. It's a true and honest man right here, this Nick Whalen. Let's kick it off, Nick. So I've got a a few listed players with a few totals from the season. I want to do an over-under for their season highs this year. So um, So have they got to this number? Right. So over-under is Jeff Teague's season high uh, for assists this year, 11. Is right on an option or not? Nope, okay. not at all. I, I kind of um, messed that up in, in, in past over-unders. Uh, not going to trick 11 you. 11 seems low. I'm going to say over. It is under. He's reached 10 assists four times this season. 10 assists for Jeff Teague is his season high. How dare you challenge me? No, no, I'm not. I'm just oh. going to look up. I'm going to look up how many times he had 10 or more last year. Oh, four, right. four seems crazy low. Wow. Um, that's, why, that's why we're Yeah, he this. had double-digit assists 11 times last year. Yeah, still some time left this year, I guess. But that wow, that's low. Okay. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, that's why I brought it up. Dennis Schroeder, his backup, eleven assists over under. Over. Under. It would be kind of nice if he had a higher season high than Teague. Ten assists three times this season. So essentially, uh, they're kind of pumping out the same assist numbers there. Maybe not on average, but uh, in terms of potential. There we go. Uh, All right, 0 for 2. Stay hot. Yeah. Cody Zeller, 22 points as a season high, over under 22. You've set these perfectly. Um, it's like I, just, I can't see him getting to 24. Over. Over is correct. 23 <laughs> points at the Milwaukee Bucks on February 19th. Okay. So, uh, Brooke Lopez, six blocks over under as a season high. Brooke Lopez, a Stanford guy. You know, not at the NCAA tournament. We should probably honor uh some of these guys college careers although stanford had stanford's not in the field this year no we're gonna do that at the end of trivia by the way uh six blocks i'm gonna say under over brooke lopez is very underrated as you throw your pen at the wall in frustration brooke lopez had seven I'm blocks i need a break here to calm down for his season high <laughs> seven blocks at toronto on march 8th not that long ago uh, very underrated in terms of blocks. I think he is a top tier if you're looking for blocks. He stayed very healthy this season. I like Block Lopez, am I right? Only as, jeez, you and your freaking buds. Do you have an extra glass of coffee today or what? Uh, yeah, I, did. I actually had two. Yeah. Usually I only have one. All right, so Emmanuel Moutier, 10 turnovers. Oh, boy. Over under for his season high. Now, regardless of what you think here, he has gotten very better. Or way he better. has gotten very better. Uh, over his last 10 games, he's only reached five turnovers once. So he's certainly gotten better. Speaking of turnovers, I, I think I told you this earlier today, but there's there's a stat that Westbrook had his first zero turnover game since, like, I think it was like April of 2013. That's crazy. It's amazing. That's, how do you, like, how? Come on, man. 28 minutes on the court last night yeah. certainly helps. Well, sure, usually yeah. he's playing 40-plus. Ticking time bomb turnovers. Uh, I'll say I'll say Moutier, uh, if he did it, he probably did it once. Over. Over is correct. We're back, as, baby. As you Google search that, stall on Google search, I'm sure. Yep. Uh, 11 turnovers against Houston in Houston on opening night. So his first it's Probably NBA, going up against Harden, you know. Yeah, yeah, because we know Harden is just such yep. a staunch defensive player. And, of course, Harden was, like, ready to go in the first game of the season, too. Yep. Not. Uh, so 11. Um, but he's he's gotten better since his mm-hmm. first outing. DeAndre Jordan, 24 points as his season high over or under Nick. I feel like he's had probably 13 dunks in a game, so I'm going to say over. 
under 23 points against Dallas really? in Dallas on March 7th. Wow. Isn't it quite amazing that he was going to go to Dallas and be the offensive pariah there for that team? Was that a, Pariah? Was that a correct use of that word? I thought I'd toss it in. It's getting late in the pot. He can try stuff, switch it up. <laughs> no, uh, well, I'm looking. He, uh, I, I should probably look up the definition yeah, of pariah because I, right I want to call you out on that, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I don't think that. It means outcast. An outcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, piranha. I actually meant to say piranha. Offensive I piranha guess that makes slightly more sense. Um, he only got over 24 once last year, so maybe not that surprising. Yeah. All not, right. Not that surprising at all. Uh, did you guys, Did you know that this guy's still playing in the NBA? Roy Hibbert, under over, season high, 12 rebounds. Shout out to Georgetown. Um, under. Under indeed. 11 Jesus rebounds. Christ, Roy. <laughs> yeah, seriously. On, 11 rebounds is his season high. Only has done it once this uh, year against Milwaukee on December 15th. This next one's cheating. Come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tayshawn Prince, over under 14 points as a season high this year playing for Minnesota. Former Wildcats great, Tayshawn Prince. I'll say he he's probably got over 14. Over 14? Yeah under by four points his season high is 10 points what am i thinking he's only reached double digits in scoring once this year Great. against san antonio on december 28th and considering that he's averaging by the way he's averaging oh let's pull it up here 20 minutes a game he's only reached double digits once what a joke what a joke why is he playing 20 minutes a game yeah. um all right why is he one. on a roster period uh love you tayshawn demar derozan Five attempted threes in one game, over under for that being his season high this year. So he's taken 116. That would mean like a huge chunk of them would have came in one game. <laughs> um, hmm. I, I'll say under. It is over. On January what 3rd, am I, like, two for he was three God. of six on his three point attempts. Um, so you, you got kind of lambasted That's on like, that one. So like 9% of his made threes came in one game. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Tomorrow. Pretty much. All right. Let's move it along here. Um, as we mentioned, Westbrook with his 12th triple double wow. last night. I saw this on the broadcast last night. Who was the last player to get at least 12 triple doubles in a season? My instincts say Tayshaun Prince, but I'm going to go Jason Kidd. <laughs> yeah. But oh, he did it with, was it, it was one of his last years with the Nets. Or was uh, it a Mavs year? I believe it was Mavs. So he okay. had 13 triple doubles in the 07 08. That's crazy. Because it, doesn't it seem crazy that Westbrook has this many? And like, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe it's that long ago that it's kind of passed over. But I remember it not being that insane that kid had, you know, 12. Right. It was just kind of in his game. Right. We really when Westbrook does it, it's so much more like impressive to emphat- me somehow because of, yeah, too. it's em- emphatic. Maybe not impressive. It's, it's a more emphatic triple double, whereas kid would just kind of quietly you know dish out 14 assists with 10 rebounds yeah i think kids like assists were less flashy than russell's because russell's usually come like he he drives hard to the rim right. and does an amazing scoop around the back pass well, even just the way Adams. he crashes the offensive boards like you don't no point guard does that right like he does yeah exactly so right. um moving on an ode to march madness here in the final three questions before we get out of here DeMarcus Cousins, Eric Bledsoe, and John Wall only played one season at Kentucky. How far did they advance in the tournament during that 09-10 season? That team, of course, included your boy, Patrick Patterson. Patrick Patterson, college teammate of O.J. Mayo, Patrick Patterson. Um, I think college, they college, high school. High school, of course. Um, they went to the Elite Eight that year. Yes. And Do lost you know who to... they lost to? 
oh who was it, it was 2010 tournament do you have it like do you who won the tournament that year oh i don't know oh if you don't have it in front of you that's fine um I was I was very yeah you know, I was rooting very heavily for this team back in the day I was very devastated when they lost but of this course I can't remember who they team. lost to yeah this was probably the most fun college team in recent memory I'll say they lost to Michigan State they lost to West Virginia a team that had no stars whatsoever not really much NBA talent do you have that roster up uh yes I will pull it up for you I'm just curious I don't know who that would even is that like uh what's his name no I looked I looked at the names and I didn't recognize anybody. Um, who are the leading scorers? I want to say Kevin Jones is that. Team oh yeah, player? yeah. He played for the Cavs. Yeah, but he, um, he's played overseas since. Right. Yeah. Since he's then. he was a great college player. They had they had a guard too who was really good back then. Oh, I bet they had a guard. Um, yeah, they did, <laughs> as most teams do. Uh, big name. Like I want to say it starts with the D. Your Google fingers are so much faster. Yeah, Deshaun Butler. Okay. okay. Oh, and Devin Ebanks. Okay, that was a, that was a decent team. Yeah, but in terms of Missoula, NBA talents, Dalton nah. Pepper. <laughs> Come on. Oh yeah, I love for the one of the pepper. all-time one of the all-time great names, Dalton Pepper. <laughs> uh, all right, next one. No, good job though, Elite Eight. You got it. Yep. Um, you answered my question. Uh, but yeah, disappointed so, in myself. Kevin Love, Russell Westbrook, Darren Collison, and Luke Richard Mbamute went how deep into the tourney during their 2007-2008 run? Sweet sixteen. As I pull up my notes that I lost because I was trying to <laughs> Google fingers, they lost in the Final Four to really? Memphis. Um, oh, later wow. that, yeah, of course. Later that win was vacated. I forgot that was the Westbrook. Yep. So huh. Derrick Rose led Memphis sure. that year. Yeah, um, they, have, they of course lost to Kansas. That was the Chalmers shot, Chalmers right? Chalmers three yep. in the corner. Uh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually caught Derek Rose that year. I watched him come to Tulsa and play oh, really? a game. A really good game. Cool. Memphis destroyed them. Was what was the, Was there a connection there? Like, why were they playing? Oh, that was Conference USA Conference, back in the day. Yeah, back in the day. Okay. That's how old we are. Wow. I remember the day Conference, Conference USA. Conference USA. Shout out Chris Douglas Roberts and those great Memphis uniforms with the vertical stripes. Yep. Oh, my gosh. All right. Love those. <laughs> Last question here to close it out. Kevin Durant and DJ Augustine led the 2006-2007 Texas Long- Longhorns <laughs> to what finish in the NCAA tourney? 2006-2007. They either lost in the first or second round. Did they Did they lose to O.J. Mayo? They didn't lose to O.J. Mayo. Okay. They did lose to USC, though. I don't think oh, O.J. Mayo was Oh, that must have been the year, the yeah, that year after, I guess. Um, yeah. So, like, Taj Gibson's team? Exactly right. Wow. Nice. Good pull. Daniel Hackett. Was Swaggy on that team? Swaggy P. Nick Young was on that team was, as well. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Lil' Romeo? Oh, yeah. <laughs> was this pre-Romeo? Uh, I'm not sure. Let me look it up. Yeah, well, so, it, well, actually, it must have been, because Romeo was a package deal with DeRozan. That's right. What a, what a ridiculous deal that is. Like. <laughs> good friends with top five recruits maybe it just cost us Antetokounmpo maybe he's considering Wisconsin apparently we need to get a wrap around the case that would be great that would be great indeed so that was a four five seed matchup and of course Texas losing to the five so that was second round then yeah second round uh good pull there Nick really good job on the college stuff I'm not surprised of course UCLA and Kentucky were both one seeds so um yeah Kevin Durant wow that that UCLA Kevin Love team was a one yeah huh wow for some reason i was thinking they weren't that good that year but i'm very wrong they only lost four or five games during the regular season uh pretty interesting stuff but that's all i got nick good job thanks man Uh, one final note i've been playing ncaa hoops 2k8 uh quite a bit lately because i'm 
because I don't really like video games that much, and I've just had that game laying around, and I'm like, I'm not going to go pay. Oh, I've seen that at your apartment. You right. kind of like you kind of display it well, in your living room. There's also nowhere else to put it, but okay. in, in some ways it's displayed, yes. <laughs> yeah, hanging up on a wall is one well, way to display a video it's game. It's not on a wall. It's sitting on my <laughs> windowsill, all right? Um, it just happens to be pretty close to the TV, so you look at it a lot. But yeah. well, first of all, they stopped making college games shortly after this, so I couldn't really do a whole lot better. And I'm not going to pay for them. You know, I don't like I said. I don't care about video games that much. But the point of all this is, Darren Collison is the number one ranked player on the entire game. Whoa! And every time you do a dynasty in in, for, in year one, he wins Player of the Year. Really? So some uh, some foreshadowing, I guess, that didn't quite come to fruition for his NBA career. Talk about the, maybe the fastest backcourt of all time, Darren Collison and Russell Westbrook. It's strange because Westbrook. You don't really have memories of Westbrook as a college player. No. You know, I remember thinking like, he was kind of a Zach Levine in a lot of ways, like very similar type of college career where he was he came onto the scene. You know, Levine played one fewer year at UCLA than than Westbrook, but it was you know flashy moments here and there. Other games where he totally disappeared. I mean, what, OKC taking Westbrook was a very controversial pick. Uh, and, and I guess maybe not controversial, but it was a very risky pick. I guess because there was no, there was really a very small sample size of Westbrook at UCLA, but. I kind of wish we would have gotten another year of him either as a junior at UCLA when he would have been the man or almost like without Collison because, you know, I mean, some of the the college highlights we would have got out of that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then you have Kevin Love there, too, who took, obviously, a, mm-hmm. a ton of shots and a lot of usage away from him. Have I shown you my Russell Westbrook UCLA jersey yet? You've told me you got it. I haven't seen it yet. You haven't worn it in here. Yeah, it was a little tight working on the weight issue. Going to get it down. I think it's going to be a nice <laughs> what size little is it? summer did it, did it just? I guess it's a China one, so you never know if they come a little small. Who said it was a China one? I know it's a China one. Yeah, it's a China one. You, yeah. Can you even get those anywhere other than China? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> That's the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be good. It's got the baby blue. I think you have like the C. Is... Well, the C is a different color because it was their 100th anniversary. And, you yeah. know, C is the Roman numeral. Is that right? I have no it's idea. It's got to be, right? C is the Roman numeral for 100? Sure. Yeah. So they made it a different color that season for some reason. No, it's great. I, I can't wait to wear it out. Uh, you know what? I think let's go to a summer. I'll take you to a summer concert, maybe outside. I'll wear my Westbrook jersey. We'll do a big time. I'll wear Thank my Hakeem Seeking. Warwick jersey. Oh, look out. Look out. It's going to be a crowd stopper. Um, real quickly before we wrap up, favorite college player of all time with the tournament on, you know, at hand here? Mm, Kemba Walker was really fun to watch that year. Kemba Walker, Kemba Walker was fun to watch. All right. Salim Stoudemire. One? Hands down. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, well, we'll end it on that note. And actually, his cousin Damon just took the job at Pacific or is taking the job at Pacific today. So great day for Wildcats Nation. Uh, James Anderson rejoices in the office out there. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.